The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, plays an important role at NDE Radio as the volunteer technical expert facilitating our Facebook page. Dustin, along with volunteer associate producer Lilius Moilo, who provides the Facebook content, are the admin gurus who make our Facebook presence possible and leading uh, our listeners, hopefully, to our YouTube channel as well. And well beyond NDE Radio's Facebook page, Dustin keeps incredibly busy. Dustin has served as a motivational speaker, devotional leader, and master teacher, working with numerous individuals, small businesses, and organizations, helping them achieve their goals and turn their dreams into reality. He earned a bachelor's degree from Texas Lutheran University in 2002 and became an avid outdoorsman and an authority in sales and marketing with a specialization in the outdoor industry. As such, he has produced and hosted hundreds of YouTube videos and TV shows, as well as biweekly podcasts, and authored paperback books, ebooks, blogs, and feature articles for regional and national print and online publications. Dustin's goal in all this is to inspire others, and especially veterans, to do great things in life through service to others while living with love, joy, purpose, meaning, and significance. His new book, titled An Intentional Optimized Life, Finding Meaning in God's Plan, draws on his own encounters with God through inspirational dreams and a recent NDE. You can learn more about Dustin's books, articles, blogs, videos, outdoor TV show productions, and podcasts at www.dustinsprojects.com. Dustin, welcome to NDE Radio. It is an honor to be here. This is wonderful. Uh, It's wonderful to have you on finally. Dustin, I found your new book to be quite an inspiration. And today I thought we might explore how you gained your own motivation for accomplishing all you've done so far. You were raised in the evangelical Lutheran denomination, but your childhood was not without difficulty since your parents divorced when you were young. How did that affect your growing up? So that's a great question. Um, you know, there was a lot of division and those kind of things in the family, uh, you know, fighting and whatnot. And I always knew, though, that love was the constant tie that binded. Like it was the one thing that kept us together in hope and meaning in life was 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 love being the most important thing. I'll always remember that about my childhood, which is a great thing. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. That's a key element in growing up for sure. When you were a teenager, you had a vision of Jesus, brilliant and white light, surrounded by wild animals. You said deer, birds, flora and fauna of all kinds. Tell us about that. Tell us what you saw. So I was going through a period of my life of a lot of self-doubt. And, you know, as teenagers, a lot of times do was kind of questioning my salvation and questioning you know, God and Jesus and and how all this stuff worked together. And basically what I did was pray to God, show me a sign, you know, I'm not sure. And, um, you know, I kind of half-heartedly did that. I wasn't expecting anything. And at night I had kind of a dreamlike state of Jesus Christ appearing to me and the words saying, 
the words came from above. They came from outside that like telepathically, like so many uh, spiritually transformative experiences are. And the words were, I am neither ahead of you nor behind you. Mm. And I awoke and thought to myself, goodness, what does that mean? I was confused at first, but I had a feeling of peace that went beyond all human understanding. This just peace of love and and light and and meaning that that was really drove home everything that was going to be okay. I just knew that everything was going to be fine and that I was a child of God. Like I knew that at the end of that experience. And I realized what Jesus was saying to me is I'm neither ahead of you or behind you. I am with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I interpreted that to mean. You know, there's that old uh, story about um, uh, walking the footprints in the sand and walking Jesus walking beside you and then possibly carrying you. Do, do you see Jesus neither ahead nor behind, but uh, beside you or within you? That's a great question, Lee. Um, so basically, I would say beside me and within me. Uh, I would say both. Uh, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. But I, I really feel like incarnate, we have it inside of us, um, you know, that spirituality that we are all things and all things are within us and, and, and the spiritual way of looking at that. Um, but also the fact that things are, um, you know, basically... In a way, things are as they should be, and I'll get to that more later in our talk. But basically, um, you know, I, I just felt a reassurance that everything was going to be all right, and Jesus was with me always. Mm. And that was that was profound, and that was a profound like moment in my life uh, that I will never forget. Well, also the uh, business about the wild animals. Uh, tell us about that. What what animals did you see and? I mean, this must have seemed terribly prophetic when you think back that you've been in, all involved in nature and the outdoors. <laughs> it was. And I think about the uh, drawing the, um, you know, the, uh, the relative, you know, part of the fact that, that there was the animal, animals. But I saw birds, you know, flora and fauna, like you said in, in your description of it. Um, you know, I saw like axis deer, you know, which are spotted. They look like well, white tail fawns, but they had spots on them. I definitely remember a deer that was spotted. And, uh, it turns out that later in life, I would sell live sell, um, axis deer and, and those kind of things in the future. So it was kind of prophetic in that respect, but rabbits and, um, you know, and all kinds of animals. I just knew that Jesus loved wildlife. And that's, I think, maybe one of the things that drove me towards, you know, uh, part of my career that I spent in wildlife, uh, hunting and fishing and those kind of uh, thing, interactions with wildlife was that experience um, because I knew that Jesus loved those things. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, I, I've always said that and, uh, you know, and recently did a pet therapy blessing of the, of the animals on St. Francis Day. But, but uh, I don't think I have ever heard of someone envisioning Jesus or dreaming of Jesus surrounded by wild animals. I think this is a very unique vision that you had. I was going to tell you too, Lee, my stepfather uh, commented on your show. I believe it was last week of the St. Francis blessing of the pets and he loved it. So I wanted to make sure you knew that you have a a new Um, fan. Thanks. And that's, it's, it's one of my favorite things as a chaplain to, to uh, do was, was um, that, that blessing uh, every October 4th. Well, you've had other waking dreams. Uh, I think you've called some of them veiled messages uh, and, and uh, that, that you're on the right track. 
tell us about some of those. So I, I've awoke with a, a similar, like, you know, gone to sleep with a doubt, awoke with a peace. And I, I've had these several times throughout my adult life uh, since being a teenager. And uh, these things are things I'll go to sleep with and I'll be uncertain and I'll wake up and I'll be sure. And I'll just know that God is with me and that I am doing the best I can with what I have and making the best decisions that I can based with the resources I have available to me. And that's one reason, you know, uh, some people ask me, why are you so positive? And I'm just like, because I know that God's in charge. Like, I know that life is going to work out. And the two things that I was going to say that I've learned from your show, Lee, is um, in the NDE radio community is the the two facts that um, that everything is as it should be and that everything's going to be OK. Like, those are the two messages of hope that I get from your show with almost every interaction that I have with your guests and like that, that I have kind of a before, during and after experience because before I met ND radio on YouTube um, many years ago, I basically was, you know, trying to find the meaning of all of it. And I feel later now that I've listened to so many ND radio experiences <laughs> that I have like this better understanding of why we're here and what our purpose, meaning and significance is. And that helped me guide me down the road of writing the book that I wrote, um, you know, to inspire the people to do great things in their life. Now you went through a period uh, of, uh... Oh, maybe six or seven years ago when you, when you had a, a bouts of depression, how did, how did, um, how did you cope with that? And did some of your, um, uh, you're on the right track messages from Jesus help you through that? Yes. I mean, I, I went through, uh, just my depression medication stopped working. Basically it wasn't, it was a chemical imbalance in my brain. It was just kind of, you know, something then, and depression is something that I think we need to bring more out into the light, um, because it is, it is a dark, you know, deep, dark thing. And I think the more that we have, you know, shed light on it, the darkness cannot hide in the light as we know. Um, and you know, uh, suicide's a big deal and those kind of things. I mean, and, 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 and I've, I've dealt with, you know, with a lot of the, the feelings of hopelessness and sadness and those kind of things. And basically knowing that I was loved and knowing that God cared for me in a profound way kept me going. And actually, I wrote my first two ebooks during that time of depression. And I haven't told you mm. this before, but basically, oh. the, I, I kept going because I knew I could provide hope for somebody else going forward. Even if I couldn't provide hope to myself that day, mm. I knew if I gave hope, you know, it's kind of like Neil Donald Walsh would say, give of that of what you hope to receive. And that's kind of paraphrasing his words, but basically be the source of what you hope to receive. Wow. And so if you are missing love, give love. If you're missing money, give money. Be the hope that you're hoping to receive. And and that kept me going through that time. I that, hope that, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a terrific answer. And, and uh, that's such a valuable uh, truth to pass on to other people who may be feeling depressed. Uh, instead of instead of getting all caught up in your own depression do for others what you would hope someone would do for you in in your situation and and uh and that giving will will you're being a channel for god's love so that god's love is going to be flowing through you um then then uh, was it just last march you had an unusual nde 
uh, yourself. Uh, how did that happen to come? How did that come about? And, and what did you see in it? So I was diagnosed in 2016 with um, with heart failure, Not, nothing serious, no heart attacks or anything like that, basically in a large heart and uh, just a health condition that, that was related to that kind of thing. And basically, I um, was advised by one of my health, one of my heart doctors, my heart physicians to get a defibrillator implanted. And I had that done back in February. It's on the left side of my rib cage and basically had that done. Um, and it, it tested and didn't test well. So they put me back under in March, late March, March 26, actually of 2021. So just this past March, um, and they put me under and I basically went to, you know, went out of it, like went out of consciousness and woke up. And, you know, Lee, when you look at like the sun or look at a light, how it's kind of ingrained in your head, like it just kind of like the image stays with you, like burned into your psyche kind of, you know what I mean? Yes. I saw, uh, I, I woke up with the same peace that I felt when I was 15 years old. And since then, I woke up with the peace that everything was going to be okay, that everything is as it should be. I woke up with the peace that goes beyond all human understanding. And I saw a vision that was seeming to me in what Lily has told me, maybe a veiled experience of a bronze plate with Christ's face on it, like as a reminder that I'm with you always. And I had that message to come back with that everything's going to be okay. And I'm with you. And, um, that was it. Like that was the extent of the experience. But for me, it turned me even to more of an altruistic, compassionate, giving person than I was before. And if you ask anybody that knows me, I I would give you the shirt off my back. Like that's the kind of guy I am, but I even more cared about giving that of which I hope to receive of love. Mm -hmm. I just more love and just love being the answer. When uh, you first told me that story, I thought the image that came to my mind was a kind of metal. And then I thought of uh, what Oz gave the cowardly lion <laughs> to give him courage, that this was something yes. that, that Jesus was hanging around your neck to remind you always that uh, yeah. he's right there by your heart. Yeah, and I, I could see it as something. I mean, the image is still clear to me. I can't draw it or paint it, but basically it was like a bronze plate or a bronze, you know, tab, you know, like round tablet or something like that with Christ's face on it. And it was just, the vision was there for a while. Like I was steering into the sun at it, you know, I, it, it just stuck with me. It was just in, ingrained in me. And like, I felt like everything was going to be all right. Like no matter what happened, I was going to be okay. And uh, I, I, I carry that message of hope that there is a greater thing for us on the other side, but make the best and make it count in this life. And I did not talk about this veiled experience in my book, but I did talk about the STE, the spiritually transformative experience that I had in, um, and when I was 15 years old and the chapter is called, I had a dream and basically, um, you know, what that meant to me and how that helps me be successful in life. Yeah. And uh, even before your own NDE, you used uh, near death experiencer stories to, to illustrate, illustrate your uh, motivational talks. Uh, some of which describe God as an incredible clearness, literally made up of love. I thought that phrase was really 
that caught my eye in your book. You write that we are created into this world by love, but that many believe we are governed by two forces, love and fear. And you wrote after that, I think you were, uh, that we are born with two fears, loud noises and falling. But, but your, uh, your book also contains a quote from my favorite Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. So if we are created full of fear and full of wonder, as I would interpret that phrase, um, there must be a, there must be some essential fears that we're just, you know, as human beings born to deal with. What do you think about that? That's a very good point, Lee. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because, yes, I do make the point in my book that really innately what psychiatrists and psychologists believe that we are born with, you know, or some at least in the community of that believe that we are born with the the fear of, you know, of loud noises and falling. And those are the only and it's talked about a lot in success literature that I that I uh, follow um, that basically says, Hey, you know, the rest of it is learned. Like the rest of it is learned. And, and something I omitted from the book was a chapter on learned helplessness. Like sometimes where we go through life and, mm. you know, can't, can't get through things because we learn to be helpless in things. Um, and, and those kind of things. And basically, um, you know, my whole goal with what I, what I talk about is, is overcoming fear and empowerment. And uh, one of the things that I do with my blog now is call is calling it, you know, living in empowered peace. And so basically facing your fears, whatever they are in life and basically overcoming those things to, you know, give glory to God in the highest and, um, and, and basically overcome fear and live in love. Mm. I, I wonder if if we are born full of fear and full of wonder, that the uh, the wonder isn't designed to offset the fear. Yes, I mean I like that. I like that phrase a lot. And I I, I know I didn't answer your question a hundred percent, you know, of what you were saying. But I think I think the point I was trying to make with what I was writing was um, was you know that we should overcome fear. But basically, I think the wonder does conquered the fear. Like I see your point with, with what you're saying there and where you're going with that, because I think overall things that, um, that in life scare us or, you know, frighten us and those kind of things are things that we can overcome with the wonder of what, what's out there. Like we talk about that a lot in wildlife, Chester Moore, who just came out with a book called higher calling. Um, and, uh, he was the editor. He is the editor of chief of Texas fishing game magazine that I used to work for, um, Chester basically would always write articles and, and columns about what's out there, you know, and I think that's the wonder that you're talking about. Like, that's what us NDE experiencers and NDE radio listeners are interested in is what's, uh, what's in the great beyond, you know, right. <laughs> and that's what excites <laughs> me is just, I, I, I hold on to every show like with the wonder of a small child, like what's next, you know, <laughs> right. Well, and then, of course, in Psalm 139, he goes on to say, the writer goes on to say, your works are wonderful. And then he describes how, how he was formed, how God formed him in the womb. And, and you know, in, in incredible detail for, for a psalm. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I love it so much. Um, you, you write uh, in your book, you are as unique as they come. And uh, 
but then you quote Leo Brown, who, who said, um, we are all born an original, but most of us die a copy. Now, what, yes. does that, what does he mean by that? So the point is that society tries to teach us to become like everybody else. Like we, we have to conform to this way, to this, to this society teaches us that we have to become this certain individual that has this, this, and this, and this, and is this, this, and this, and this. And I, I'm just sitting there thinking uh, Les Brown basically makes the point that, you know, most of us are born, we are all born an original. Most of us go through life a lot of times conforming to what society tells us that we need to become instead of becoming our own version of our, our own better version of ourselves. And, uh, you know, one of the people that I, that I follow a lot on social um, and YouTube and those kind of things that I watch a lot of stuff from is conversations with God with Neil Donald Walsh. And uh, Neil Donald Walsh's whole point is that, you know, the whole goal of, of living is to become the best version of you that you can become, like to be the best expression of yourself. And that's really where I'm going with my writing and those kind of things that I, that I love <laughs> to put out there is, you know, be the best version of you, the individual, wonderful, fearfully, wonderful, made, wonderfully made person that you are and embrace your uniqueness, you know, and that love that you have for yourself. So you don't think that it's an, an aberration that we would separate ourselves from God to become a unique individual? You that's a that's, good Yeah. No, continue, continue. That, well, I, no, I, you got it. <laughs> you got what I was asking. Yeah, I do. I mean, basically, I, I think, no, I mean, I think that we are all like original creations. We are fingerprints. And Steve Gardapi, who you had on the show, is the one I talked about. Um, you had him on the show uh, a few months ago. Yes, terrific. And he's the one that got me into NDEs and, and learning about the other side and learning about Christ and, and God in just a spiritually transformative way, not in uh, a religious way, just in a spiritual way, because his experience was so profound. But he talked about seeing everything as an incredible clearness on the other side, and that's how he saw God. Mm. And so on and so forth. But basically, to answer your question, Lee, um, I think that the uniqueness that we talk about is the fact that we are what Steve talks about. And from what he learned from the other side is that we are all like God's fingerprints. We are all expressions of God's love. And I think that's the thing I lead with when I talk about this kind of subject the most uh, uh, and what I've learned from what I've spiritually experienced and then the experiences, the mystical experiences of other people is that I've learned that um, we are all, you know, expressions, that we are all fingerprints, that we are all uh, individual uh, likenesses of the creator. And uh, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we need to embrace. So are we then God's desire to be uh, fulfilling God's own desire to be, to experience multiple um, existences? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to put, you know, ordinary language to something like this, but what is it that drives us to want to be unique in the first place? And when we go back, you know, according to NDEers, we don't really want to be unique. We want to, we want to, merge with the light we want to be part of uh of god and jesus so um what is it that drives us here down to earth to, to be unique 
I love having these these conversations. I mean, this is the stuff that I just dream of talking to people about. Um, yes, I mean, I, I think I think that it's a combination of that. Like it's it's the fact that we are all one, but also that we are individual, like fingerprints and and handprints and footprints of God. And that that's the vastness of the creator. That's the vastness of God is that we are all becoming part of the greater whole uh, that makes up of God. So basically what Steve would say in his experience, and I've gained so much insight from his experience, but basically, you know, how a parent loves a child, um, how that's an expression of their love with each other, that child is. Um, and how they nurture that child and grow up that child, but that child is not them. That child's an expression of, of two people melding together to make, to make another human. Um, so I, I use that kind of analogy, if that makes sense to, to, um, to use that is that, that we are, uh, we're kind of parent, parent child relationship that we're, we're all children of God in the respective, uh, nature that we're all unique, but in a way we're all part of the greater whole. Yes. Yes. That, that's, that's good. Um, by the way, if listeners are interested in finding out more about Steve Gardapi, because he, he's come up several times in the conversation, <laughs> just have, go back into our past shows and, and listen to uh, the interview. It's fascinating. It's really, really was an amazing thing that happened over there in Vietnam. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and the video has got 1.7 million views of the, by this date. So, I mean, I that, know. And, that, and that not that, our video, but the video that, that I did for him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that that, uh, that was an amazing link. I think that's probably how Lilia found you, wasn't it? Yes. That, yes, it was. Yeah. So that has brought you back, you know, into the fold here at NDE radio. So that, that was an important um, uh, event in lots of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Steve was reluctant to have me record it in the first place. So I'm glad he let me do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you write, God has always deeply loved you, <clears throat> and nothing you have done, do, or will do will ever change that. But you also say, assume responsibility for everything you do. So what about uh, the old ideas, the old. Uh, evangelical Lutheran ideas about sin and judgment? That's a good question. And that does seem conflicting, I guess, if you look at it in the respective respective nature of each. But basically, you know, the the whole concept that I'm going after, Lee, is is the fact that, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get things accomplished. If you're waiting on God, God's probably waiting on you. And I think that needs to be said, like a lot of times I've got a friend right now that's going through a lot of trouble and, 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 you know, family issues and that kind of stuff. And she's like, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. And I'm like, no, I was like, God's waiting on you. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just giving that hope and encouragement to take action in the right direction while also trusting in the plan that God has for one's life. Um, and so basically I, I say both things in the respectiveness of God expects action from us, I think, 
from uh, from our from our end. You can't expect God to do all the work, which is one of my points in uh, in the book as well. Is that you know God will show up when you show up, you know, in, in your situation, you know, whatever that is, because we all face hardships, and we're all going to face more hardships coming forward in life. That's just the nature of life. It was it was you know by the NDEs that I listened to a, a lot of times maybe designed to be difficult at times, designed to be challenging. And those kind of times are, are times that that's the truth, that that's the case for us to rise to the occasion and to take the proverbial bull by the horns, which is what I talk about in my uh, talks that I do for the veterans um, uh, and, and relate them back to NDE experiences. When you give these talks, do you, have, you talk about free will and how do you understand free will? So basically, free will is given to mankind, and I love that we're having this conversation. Lee, I got to tell you, this is great stuff. <laughs> I just I live for having conversations like this. Okay, um, free will is what we're all given in this in this existence here. Uh, what we do with our life has something to do with with um, you know with our with our destiny and you know whatever you believe about that. Your mileage may vary, uh, but I believe that free will and God's destiny meld together in the respect of, of, of that we choose the course, but God chooses the overall plan, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Some uh, ND years have theorized that we have a hand in deciding what our life is going to be like before we get born, and even up to the point of choosing our own parents. Uh, have you had any thoughts about that? I, you had a guest on, I'm trying to remember his name, but a, a few shows back that talked about um, that, uh, Kristen Sundberg. Am I saying that right? Pre, pre-birth, um, pre-birth memories. memories. Yeah. And yeah. so basically I, I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was a great show um, about, you know, those kind of things as far as, cause I think that there's something to that. The whole, a lot of uh, experiencers believe that we have like a soul contract that we that we sign off uh, on that basically you know gives us the 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 you know our parents and all those things going forward to help us um, you know signify the, the the direction of you know what we will have what resources we'll have available to us and then free will kicks in at that point with what we do with that so I mm-hmm. think that there's some credence to that. And do you think uh, when it comes to this the questions of sin and judgment? that uh, churches are too narrow in their understanding of what that's about. I've got to be uh, careful about this, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm thinking I'll give you a, a real easy example. There were people, there were Christians who saved uh, lives in Germany uh, of the German Jews. They, they hid them or uh, enabled them to escape from Germany uh, by lying to the Germans about the situation. And of course, there's a commandment, thou shalt not lie. But under those circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, I mean, for the greater good, I mean, for saving lives and for those kind of things. I think that our, our current church has a lot of rigidity in the respect of, of uh, you know, just in general speaking terms. Uh, and I'm, you know, of, of the Lutheran faith, which is more the Reformation and, and that kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of Martin Luther and what he did uh, for the greater good of the church. Um, and it, the funny thing is, is the Lutheran church is very similar now to the Catholic church in a lot of ways that we do things, you yeah. know, which is kind of like, I don't know what Martin Luther would say about that. He didn't even want the movement named after him, you know, <laughs> when he created right. uh, Lutheranism. But uh, that all being said, I think that... Um, 
you know, I think that our, we could be a little more open-minded, but it's kind of like a parachute. You don't want to be too open-minded to where none of the air, you know, keeps you from falling, from free falling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're open-minded to the respect that air can pass through and whatnot. Like there's a hole in the parachute kind of thing, but that you don't want to make, you want to make sure that you're, you're not free falling either. So there's a balance. And I think that the church could be more open-minded as a whole. Um, I think that overall things, you know, could be better, you know, better realized with the, the point I've made all the time with your show is that the Bible is made up of mystical experiences, People have mystical experiences every day. Your show is a good example of that. You know, Uh, you can't just say that the only mystical experiences that ever counted happened in the Bible. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just I know many people may disagree with me there, but I just think that there's some credence to the fact that people are having these mystical, amazing experiences every day. And, you know, this this show is one reason why I tune in all the time, because I want to hear like I want to know what God's up to. Yeah. <laughs> and God is still speaking. I mean, it seems yes. clear to me that That's God, I mean, he spoke to those gifted writers who, who put the Bible together. Hopefully he spoke to the people that wound up editing it, you know, uh, under the church father's uh, uh, narrow-minded thinking sometimes. Um, yes, you and I agree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh there's always still the question of a uh, reincarnation which uh Christianity says does not exist but did say it w- it existed up until about I don't know the 4th 4th century. So I was going to say also uh, well we don't have to go to reincarnation but um my wedding ring uh is um a replica of Martin Luther's wedding ring. And uh, I'll have to show it to you in person sometime but there's oh, Jesus yeah, crucified that. Uh, there's the the cross, the the sword, mm-hmm. and um, the and the um, whip on either side of yeah, him. There's I even love a that, Lee. even a little character down below who is gambling for uh, Jesus' garments. For his lot, yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. for the lot of his garments. Yeah, yeah this is amazing. Wow, yeah. I had no idea. Lee. On the That's other awesome. side, there's the the um, Jacob's ladder. Oh wow! And uh, the thing they whipped him with, and uh, and then there's a a red stone on top for his blood. Mm, that's beautiful. And that was, uh, you know, that was uh, probably Martin Luther designed it himself or had mm-hmm. or at least gave the ideas to someone who did that. I did not know about such a thing. That's really yeah. cool. That's really cool. And I've been a Lutheran for most of my life. So. Yeah, my, my <laughs> wife is, uh, or was raised Lutheran too. Uh, cool. Missouri Synod. A little really stricter cool. than the evangelicals, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little sure. bit not not as strict as the Wisconsin Senate, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's okay. some other ones, but anyway, that's okay. That's another story for another <laughs> Listen, you write. Uh, we become what we think about, which I I, I know is true, and th- also your thoughts govern your actions. Uh, so, what does this do to people who uh, say have PTSD? So, um, you know, traumatic experiences certainly have an impact and, and PTSD is a good example of that. So the main thing that, that I think that we can do, um, you know, to help people with PTSD is help to just encourage. And this is one thing I'm really big about with the veteran work that I do with Crosswater Outfitters, my fishing ministry is, um, you know, we just finished an event this past weekend and, and there's a lot of soldiers there with PTSD. And I just try to encourage the ones I can have one-on-one time with 
that, you know, you're loved, that there's hope that, that you've got to think, uh, you know, you've got to, you know, go to your therapy, go to, go to the things that can, can help, um, you know, reform and, and help your mind uh, process through what you went through. Um, and I think that's the best, that's the best plan is to get help. Um, and, and have that, um, you know, th- there's, there's just so much depth to what PTSD can mean to somebody. So, uh, I, I go back to, you know, Paul, uh, and I, I'm a paraphrase the, the, you know, be reformed by the transforming of your mind, you know, uh, phrase in, um, in the Bible. Um, you know, that's where I, I'm drawing that from is basically the, the, what we think about is what we become, so basically guard your thoughts well is my point. And PTSD and those kind of things are so somewhat the exception because those are those are traumatic experiences. But at the same time, um, you know, the best we can do to, re, to to train our mind and to shape our mind for the greater good is, is the better the better choice. Uh, and sometimes that's not always possible with severe PTSD. But, um, you know, at least the, the attempt is being made, you know, with those that have it. Mm. The uh, there's been a lot recently about um, the evils of Facebook. <laughs> Hate to bring it up when you're doing the Facebook page for us, but <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> but what it how it's manipulated uh, children, especially and young teenagers, uh, whose suicide rates are getting right up there with with you know soldiers with PTSD <laughs> and teenagers who are being who are being slighted or, or attacked by their friends on Instagram and uh, through Facebook. Um, I would think that uh, getting kids and those who are suffering from mental illness away from the social media for a while and out into nature, which is what your, you know, focuses on and what your vision of Jesus with the wild animals was about would be a, a real path to um, helping uh, bring people's thoughts back to uh and and their actions back to a healthy state yes and i think you know one thing i try to do with my own son because he loves to watch tiktok and instagram and like do little video reels and those kind of things and i encourage his creativity and those kind of things but you know we have kids that are internalizing the kind of peer pressure and these kind of things and pressures that you and i didn't have as children you know, um, things that are that are really, really, really tough to deal with and process through uh, because of social media. So I guess it's kind of a loaded weapon. I mean, basically, it can be uh, a tool used for for good for something like NDE radio or something that can be used for bullying or, uh, you know, peer pressure and things like that. Um, so I think, you know, having a break from it, limiting time on it, those kind of things, which I need to do a better job as a dad on, um, you know, and basically talking to your children and having your children be able to feel comfortable enough to come to you with those kind of things to basically say, Hey, uh, if you have anything that comes up on social media or something that bothers you, then you need to come and talk to me about it. Like I'm here for you, you know? And I think if parents were a little more accessible and understanding in some cases, and I'm not saying not all of them aren't, but I think that some of this could be avoided as far as the tragedies that we see in social media. Yeah, I was thinking even uh, possibly uh, funding the VA to take uh, uh, soldiers and military who've suffered trauma out to the national parks, for instance, you know, giving them an extended uh, tour of of some beautiful area, you know, as 
as uh, Psalm 139 says, you know, your works are wonderful. And if they, even if they're not religious, they're going to have to acknowledge that uh, the creation that yes. uh, where we've preserved it is, is, so, yeah. is, is wonderfully healing. And to your point about getting back to nature, because um, I know that was kind of the aim of your question. Um, yeah. Basically, I think getting kids outdoors, because we say, I say this a lot. And when I had a podcast for many years, I would always say kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. And that's something that was on a bumper sticker one time. And I've, I've carried that with me the whole time. Kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. And a lot of times that's true. They're busy engaging with something that is of value to them about, um, you know, nature and being connected in a meaningful way to uh, the flora and the fauna and, and getting to learn about how life is put together, what natural resources we have at our disposal and those kind of things. And I think that would combat some of this that's going on in our world today. Mm. You write, no one cares about you more than God, but you also wrote, you are a product of your own system, which I guess is reflecting a little on on what we were just talking about. But does God have a better system for us to follow? And if so, how do we put people in touch with it? So, I mean, you know, a a lot of people would say the answer to that would be the Bible. And I think the Bible has great resources. I've heard from a lot of near-death experiencers that the Bible is in a way, um, and I I don't say this out of judgment of anything, but sometimes, you know, not the entire picture of all that God has to offer. And so it should be used, but not used as the sole purpose of, oh my goodness, if it doesn't say to the Bible, it didn't happen. Um, so basically what I'm saying there with, with the book is, uh, and the statements that I make in the book is that, you know, nobody cares about you more than the heavenly father, God. Um, but the next in line is yourself. Like you need to care about yourself and you become a product of the system that you put in place for yourself with free will. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, You've really read that book. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I mean, you, these are great questions. Like, I, I'm always hoping somebody would ask me. Some well, you've got you, you've got a list of facts I was going to get into, and one of them actually goes back to um, to what we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, base your actions on value and true reality. One of the problems with uh, the uh, social media is that it's distorting true reality people don't know what what's real anymore when they believe you know they they read so many lies <laughs> so artfully con, uh constructed that yes. they're losing track of reality and as they lose track of reality i think they're losing track of uh, what god intends for us there's a documentary i believe it's on uh hbo max or whatever they, they call the network now um it, it's called fake fame or fake famous i can't remember exactly the name of it but it's a documentary about they took a group of people that basically were somewhat like had a thousand instagram followers or social media followers or whatever and bought them likes and bought them shares and bought them followers and they they did kind of an experiment on what it did to their psyche and what it did to their self-esteem. Like, you know, these guys were like, but then they realized at the end that it was all fake. Like it was all just manufactured. You could buy likes, you can buy followers. I mean, there's tons of bots out there oh, yeah. that can do yeah. that. And so the point is that, is that, you know, to be Insta famous or, you know, and, and I, I, uh, I wrote an article about this. You've got people that are on social media that are mile wide and an inch deep. 
you know, uh, to use an old phrase, they're a mile wide and an inch deep. And that being the case, you know, it's, it's, it's discouraging that a lot of the stuff that you see out there is manufactured. It's not reality. And my whole goal is to bring people back to don't listen to that. Don't get caught up in saying that I've got to have this to be happy. I've got to have happiness is an inside job, right? Uh, Happiness is not in the external things. It is in the internal things. And it is not in what you have. It is in, in, in the intrinsic value of who you are in God's love. Um, and it took me years to understand that, but actually Lee, and I, I've talked about the compliments to your show a lot, but your show has helped me realize that the guests that you've had on that it's, it's not something to chase after. It's something to own yourself and to be in your present mind. Um, happiness is a choice in other words. Yeah. 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 And, uh, for some, it, it seems like an almost impossible choice, um, uh, when we talked earlier or the other day, really, I mentioned um, Al Franken's routine on on uh, Saturday Night Live, yeah. Stuart Smalley being uh, <laughs> the self motivating uh, affirmations, uh, yeah, affirmations, about uh, affirmations, yeah, yes, <laughs> I remember that. Ending up with and people like you, but uh, there Started are people of- like me. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. right, <laughs> and it, it's. You know, whenever I I hear, uh, well, I won't say whenever because some some psychologists are are quite good at what they do, but an awful lot of them, without drawing on any kind of spiritual uh, source, sound like Stuart Smalley to me. You know, they're trying to to bring their patient to a point where they self love themselves without anything to draw on except themselves, which is almost like, you know, it's like going to an empty well for water at the wrong time. Um, so if there's some way that um, psychologists and psychiatrists who are uh, famously adverse to uh, faith-based religion mm-hmm. uh, could be drawn back into finding some kind of a, a spiritual source for that kind of energy, I think they would uh, have a much better luck at uh, at motivating people to heal themselves. If they well, could, and, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I, I see your point with that. And I was just going to say, you know, happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Like that's what we're after is the feeling yes. of joy. That's and that's where I'm going with that is, is with, with what I've learned from the other side, what I've learned from your show and the experiences that people have shared here of over 400 shows, I guess it's been, um, is that joy is is the thing that you should be shooting after, you know, to to feel like to live and and not to pump yourself up artificially like these psychiatrists and psychologists are doing with just secular stuff, but with the spiritual nourishment, like a spiritual food. Um, in fact, your last guest that you had on, uh, or one of the last guests that you had on, um, uh, David Rose. Am I saying that right? Yes. David, he, he talked about actually going into uh, a table and getting fed, like spiritually nourished, like like taking the food into his body. And I'm just like, yes, yes. I listened to that on the way down to where I am today. And uh, I thought about that and I said, that's what we all need is some spiritual food. Like mm-hmm. we just need some spiritual nourishment, you know, because life just takes it out of us. And I mean, life beats you up and life just kicks you when you're down sometimes. And I mean, we all need we all need that hope. And what my whole goal is, 
And something that I wrote down to say is my whole goal with the work that I do with the soldiers, the work that I do with, um, you know, the devotion, motivational speaking, uh, Facebook videos, whatever I've done in the past is to give people hope by the spoonful, just in small little iterations, just small steps of hope. And that's what I hope to do with this book was give people just encouragement that, hey, you know, reading this is going to make your life just a little bit more understandable, you know, see God's plan more clear, and so on and so forth. And although you brought up some things that, you know, may sound contradictory in the book, the whole point I'm trying to make is just there's hope in all circumstances and just keep going forward and keep making progress. Right. Yes, I thought that that spiritual food that he described as light, was was really an amazing thing because you don't think about uh, a bodily function like eating, taking something, you know, that nourishes you into yourself when you're already on the other side. But Jesus, of course, described and grossed out a lot of his followers, almost described himself in terms of uh, cannibalism, unless you, you know, eat my body and drink my blood. And they all said, whoa, because of course, cannibalism and Judaism <laughs> is, is a, a very repulsive thought. But no, he's, no. he's talking about truly absorbing what he was into, a, into ourselves. And, uh, and that light image not only was a lot cleaner, <laughs> David Rose's image, and a lot more <laughs> easily digested, if you will, but, in multiple uh, ways, right? Yeah, yeah. in multiple ways. <laughs> yeah. But it was, but it was again. It was, it was that uh, make it so much a part of yourself that you are consuming it. Yes. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it, we have to imagine it is just in, in one day at a time, one moment at a time. You know, one thing that's really close to me is a serenity prayer. You know, the whole serenity prayer, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, living one, enjoying one moment at a time, living one day at a time, and. Those are the kind of things that I use in my life, you know, to keep me moving forward and just living in empowered peace, as I call it. Um, and basically the fact that everything's going to be okay, everything is as it is, as, as, as it should be, uh, that kind of reassurance, but also realizing no matter what odds I face, I'm going to persevere and move forward and make progress and, and do the best I can with the resources I have available to me. Yeah, what, uh, talk about the extended serenity prayer a little more, because I, I didn't realize that there was a longer version of it myself. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it was written for a different purpose, but basically, uh, I don't have the whole thing memorized, but the whole point is, you know, everybody knows the, the first part of it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is spoken at most Alcoholic Anonymous meetings, you know, Al-Anon meetings, so on and so forth, um, for the people that, that are affected by alcoholism. Um, that's spoken at the end of every meeting, that prayer is. The rest of it is profound. Like the rest of it, I encourage the listeners to go check out because it is really a um, just solid look at dealing with reality as it comes. Um, so basically, you know, enjoying one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, or, you know, accepting one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships is a pathway to peace, taking the sinful world as Jesus did, not as I would have it, but as it is now I'm paraphrasing, but not as it, not as I, as it is, not as I would have it. Uh, may I uh, be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you 
forever and ever in the next. That's the paraphrase of how the rest of the prayer goes. Um, And that's profound. Like I thought, saw the first prayer, the first full version of that prayer that I hadn't seen before in a very timely case, because I had lost my job this past November of 2020. Um, I was laid off. And that was, that spoke volumes to me that night when I saw that serenity prayer and I reposted it. And it's been a part of my life ever since then, because it takes us from accepting the way that we would like to have things versus the way that things really are and, and being a realist and dealing with reality as it is. Uh, in another part of the book, you say uh, you don't have to be a millionaire or a sports star to be successful. And in fact, becoming a millionaire or a sports star can be, you know, anathema to the to true success because you get so caught up in the ego and the glory of it that you, you lose track of um, better values. Um, so talk a little about how you could... Um, be motivational to someone or how you are motivational to people without encouraging them to necessarily become financially successful? So, I mean, that's a great question, Lee. And and basically what I'm uh, intending to do with the case, like, you know, it's not all about stuff. It's not all about, um, you know, what you have. It's about who you are in Christ for me as a Christian. It's about who I am in God as a spiritual believer. Um, it's about who I am, um, not what I have. Like so much of our society puts value on things that we acquire and more. The disease to please and the disease of more is what I call it. Um, and that's been identified by a bunch of other writers and everything that have done that. So I won't go into detail there, but basically the fact that doing the best you can with what you have, with the resources you have available to you is a success in and of itself. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, that's, that's the best you can do. Like what else could anybody expect of, of Lee Whitting or Dustin Warnke or anybody else than to do the best you can with what you have? available to you, you know, and not, and not being concentrated on, I've got to have a million dollars. I got to be a rich and successful Instagram star because we have a whole world of people that are Insta famous. And like I used the phrase earlier, a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they have no depth to them. They're shallow, you know, individuals and they fake most of their fame to just get likes and followers. And, uh, I I've dealt with a few Instagram influencers and that's really what they're, the best known for is being an Instagram influencer. And I'm like, what's the value in that? What value are you giving back later in the book? I also talk about the fact that we have people that live lives that, you know, they don't have time to volunteer at the food bank, but they do have time to binge watch another Netflix series. And they don't have time to give money to the homeless shelter or the food bank, but they have time, they have money to give to, you know, another Amazon impulse buy, you know, it's about priorities, right? And so I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but at the same time, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have fun with your money, but what I'm saying is that like the world needs help too, you know, and we should give of ourselves to become givers, to become like in God's image. That's the whole purpose of giving, in my humble opinion, is to become like God, uh, Christ-like, Buddha nature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, Here's a final question. Uh, You wrote, my journey with God has taken me to many new places in my life. Uh, Are there any places that you haven't talked about that you could tell us about? So, I mean... 
I've done work with another ministry, which is uh, Camp Agape, which is a bereavement camp for kids. Um, that's another place that I've given, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, just this love and, and mentorship and, uh, those kind of things is what they call as a buddy, as a mentor for the kids and spoonfuls of hope. Like just the fact that everything's going to be okay. Um, you know, we, we remember the loved one as they pass away. So, I mean, it's, it's situations like that, crosswater outfitters for the fishing ministry and the soldiers and international students, uh, Camp Agape is work that I've done with, with kids ages seven to 12, um, bereavement camp here in Texas. Um, and just, you know, the work that I've done with trying to encourage my friends on Facebook with personal things that I've done, um, just, just those kind of things, just trying to get, make the world a better place in my own way. Um, you know, that's, that's the basic sum, summation of what I, what I'm trying to do is, uh, is hope by spoonfuls, but also, uh, make the world, you know, just, uh, that much better, you know, with my life. Well, I have to thank you for what you've done for NDE radio and, and uh, along with Lilia, uh, and creating the Facebook page and providing other, uh, windows to uh well things like uh mother teresa and and uh little prayer i mean something that if someone hit on, on it on the right day for them it would mean a whole lot and uh so i i appreciate that part of your spoonful that goes to nde radio because it's it's i think it's really made a difference and and brought a lot of people to the uh full collection of um of our shows on youtube as well Dustin, I think we're pretty much out of time. And uh, I, again, I want to thank, your, thank you for your service to uh, those who need to hear that God truly loves them personally, as well as, as all the creatures, all the wild creatures in the natural world. Uh, tell the listeners how they can learn more about your writings and your ministry. Sure. Uh, my book, uh, I'll hold up for the video here, uh, is available on Amazon. Uh, it's called An Intentional Optimized Life. We'll have links for it on the Facebook page and uh, maybe elsewhere. Um, but I have everything on my website. It's kind of a hub of all things Dustin. Uh, at Dustin'sProjects.com. That's all one word, two, two S's, Dustin'sProjects.com. Um, you can email me through that website. I have my email clearly on there. Um, I have links to the book and all my other books. I've written a lot of books for the outdoor industry. I wrote a sales and marketing ebook, um, wrote a book on how to start an outdoor TV show because I've done that and, and all the uh, hunting and hunting ranch and guiding um, uh, marketing handbook, all those kind of things. And actually those two, those two affirmation mentions books, um, those are the ones I wrote during my greatest depression. Like those are the hope I was giving to others, you know, and I look back at those with fond memories. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> that, wow. That got me through a really tough time. You know, those two, those two eBooks that I wrote back then in 2013, but um, you know, hope abounds uh, life is life is worth living and uh, giving your best shot with the, with the cards that you're dealt is uh, is the whole point of, of my latest book. Um, but yeah, I'm easily accessible. You can find me. I don't have any hidden profiles or anything. I have a public page on Facebook um, uh, as, a, as a public figure page. I'm not an Insta follower, I promise. Um, but I have an Instagram account at Dustin's Projects, Twitter account, and so on and so forth. I don't do a ton in uh, those other social channels, but I do a lot on Facebook. So you can certainly connect with me if you have any questions or um, want to order the book or any of that. I'd be honored to connect with uh, your listeners. Um. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much, Dustin, for uh, for this. I think this has been a really interesting show. Uh, and just to go back to the thing you just mentioned, that when you were depressed, you found the solution to that depression by writing 
to others about the hope that they should be finding. So it's, it's like a, when you give, you receive, and it's a, that's the, the healthy approach to healing ourselves through God. Listeners, if you'd like to hear the show again, or any of our more than 400 archived NDE interviews, go to talk zones, NDE radio site and hit the past shows button or subscribe to our YouTube channel, NDE radio with Lee Whitting where you can listen and comment on the complete NDE Radio Library. And be sure to like, follow, and share Dustin and Lilia's new NDE Radio Facebook page. And discover our Facebook group and links to our YouTube channel while you're there. And listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.